Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. If you're a new listener to our podcast, I invite you to check out our website, which is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. It's a long title, but there's some great resources there, such as our 2021 tax planning guide, our couple's guide to a dream retirement. Also, my retirement secret sauce is always available on our website for free. So definitely check those out. If you're unfamiliar with who I am, my name's Greg Gonzalez. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm also a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro in St. Louis, Missouri. And I also have clients in almost 20 different states. And what's really neat about what I do Monday through Friday is I help people plan for a successful retirement that they define. So plan for a retirement on their terms based on what their goals are, how much they want to spend in retirement, how they want to enjoy their time, and the specific goals that they have for the golden years of their lives, the years, the last uh, three to four chapters of their life, so to speak. We always say that retirement is just the another season in your life, so to speak. And what do you want that season to look like? And you've got to remember that success means different things to different people. So when we're talking about a successful retirement, everybody has their own unique vision. And we try to give people the best advice or guidance that we can to help them so they're making the right decisions when it comes to their money and retirement decisions. So that's why we created this podcast, the Retirement Made Easy podcast. So hopefully we can share a lot of these conversations and discussions that we're already having with current clients and help those that want to listen along on our podcast. We want to help the everyday listener because they may have different goals, but they're going through the same decisions and choices when it comes to planning for their own retirement. On today's episode, specifically, I wanted to talk about this recent announcement Social Security Administration has come out with, this cost of living, and it's announced every October, and it goes into effect the following January. This cost of living for 2022, starting January of 2022, is going to be the highest in 40 years. So what does that say about the inflation that we've experienced so far this year? So we'll talk about the cost of living increase to Social Security that has been announced in October, as well as the upcoming uh increase in the cost of Medicare Part B premiums that is expected to be announced in November and what that's going to look like. Then, if we have time, we'll get into some listener questions. We always invite listeners to send in their questions in regards to retirement planning, whether it's about Social Security, pension planning, maybe it's estate planning, or maybe it's about retirement accounts like 401ks, Roth IRAs, those kinds of things. So send in your questions through our website, which is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. We always get back with everybody. And with your permission, we'll ask to use your question for a future podcast episode. Let's jump into today's episode. So for those of you that are not familiar, every year around mid-October, the Social Security Administration announces their decision about 
a cost of living increase to Social Security. Now, in three of the last 12 years, the cost of living adjustment was actually zero, meaning there was no cost of living increase for Social Security recipients. This year, however, it was just announced last week that Social Security was going to increase 5.9% for Social Security recipients starting in January of 2022. Now, that's the largest increase we've experienced in over 40 years, meaning the cost of living, as determined by Social Security and their consumer price index, has been very, very high so far in 2021, and therefore they have announced this 5.9% in cost of living adjustment. So essentially what they're saying is, hey, we've got to pay out more money to Social Security recipients because their, their cost of living has gone so up so much, whether it's your grocery bill, whether it's your price of gasoline, and everything that you're spending day to day has gone up so much this year. And if you have been a listener of this particular podcast for any time, you have heard me talk about one of the greatest risks that retirees have is the threat of the cost of living every year. Every year, everything you buy will cost more. And so for all the people out there that don't have a cost of living adjustment for something like a pension, let's say they get a $1,000 a month fixed pension for the rest of their life, well, guess what? Every year, everything you buy will cost more, whether it's a box of Cheerios or it's your health insurance premium. It's probably going to go up every year. The price of a new vehicle seems to go up year in and year out. Look back 30 years ago and think what the cost of a new car was. Most people are telling me the cost of a new car today, they paid as much for the cost of a new car today as they paid for their first house. That's really incredible when you think about it, but it also plays in and tells the story of the cost of living and how goods, the cost of goods and services continues to go up and up and up. So this is one of the most important pieces when we're planning for a successful retirement. We kind of know what's ahead. If you're the average 62-year-old couple, non-smoking couple, and 62, I, I cherry-picked that number because Social Security tells us that's the most common age for someone to retire in this country. So a 62-year-old non-smoking couple is expected to live 30 years. That's their joint life expectancy, meaning the surviving spouse, the last spouse surviving, is predicted to live until 92. So if we're planning for a 30-year retirement, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, guess what? Every year for the next 30 years, this nice 62-year-old non-smoking couple that we're talking about, they're going to run into higher costs of living. And Social Security some years will give you a raise just because your expenses went up. And other years, like three of the last 12 years, Social Security didn't give you a raise. Now, what about Medicare Part B? For those of you that are 65 and older that are collecting, that are on Medicare, right? And they're also collecting your Social Security, your Medicare Part B premium comes right out of your Social Security benefit. So right now in 2021, your premium, I guess for those, depending on your tax bracket, but in 2021, if you're a married couple and your adjusted gross income is less than $176,000, 
your monthly Medicare Part B premium is $148.50. So that's the majority of people in 2021 this year are paying $148.50. So if you're looking at your social security statement and it's saying that, guess what? You're expected to have $2,000 a month coming in. Well, you got to take into account what the cost of Medicare Part B is going to be, which is right this year, it's $148.50. And you got to reduce that from the $2,000 monthly income that you're expecting to get. Most people don't do that. And when they get their first social security check and it's $1,850, they're surprised. And they're saying, hey, what happened to my $2,000? And social security says, well, your Medicare Part B of $148.50 came out of that. So in November, Medicare will announce what the raise in your Medicare Part B premium will be. It's expected based on the latest Medicare trustees report to be about a $10 a month raise. So it's going from essentially $148.50 a month to $158.50 if the latest Medicare trustees report has any basis or accuracy at all. But the final report, again, will be announced in November. And why is that important? Well, if you're collecting Social Security and you're on Medicare and you're expecting a full 5.9% jump in your benefit, well, you got to back off the increase in your Medicare Part B premium, which is expected to be about $10 a month. So let's do a simple experiment. Let's say your Social Security benefit is now $1,000 a month. So your cost of living, you're being told, is going to increase 5.9%. So instead of your benefit being $1,000 a month, now it's going up to $1,059 a month, right? Well, again, we've got to back off or reduce your benefit by the increase in the cost of Medicare, which is, let's say it's $10. Well, now your your benefit is not $1,059 a month. Now it's $1,049 a month. So because of the cost of Medicare, In this example, Medicare Part B premium going up, instead of getting a 5.9% increase in your Social Security benefit, you only got a 4.9% increase. And what's even worse is in the years where Social Security announces a 0% cost of living increase, your Social Security would actually go down. Think about that. Your Social Security income, monthly income benefit that you get would actually go down because you got a zero cost of living increase, but your Medicare Part B premium went up, which actually is an expense that comes out of your Social Security income. So guess what? The net effect is your monthly Social Security benefit went down. And for those people that don't remember 2010 and 2011, that happened in two consecutive years. and. People were very, very upset because of those two consecutive years of having a lower Social Security benefit year after year. Now, for those of you that are interested, here are some fun facts. Social Security is announcing that before the cost of living adjustment in 2021, the average Social Security recipient is receiving about $1,565. So this 5.9% increase in the cost of living 
will bump that person from $15.65 a month to $16.57, an increase of roughly $92 a month. But again, that's before this predicted $10 a month raise in Medicare Part B premiums. So that would bump it down to $82 a month raise in Social Security income. And that's for the average person out there. And Social Security also points out that there's more than 70 million Americans that are receiving Social Security income. Well, gosh, how many million Americans are in this country? What, 330 million approximately? So if we think about the numbers wise, why Social Security is in trouble is we don't have enough people paying in. We got, you know, over 70 million people that we're paying out to, and rightly so, they paid in for all those years, but you only have 2.7 people paying into Social Security for every one Social Security recipient. And by 2035, that number is going to shrink down to 2.3 people paying in for every one Social Security recipient. So something has to change here. They've got to make some amendments to the Social Security Trust and make sure the Social Security system remains solvent. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, hey, if we're getting every year more and more less people paying in to the system, it's broken. We, we've got to make some changes here. This is a perfect example of where so many of these private pensions end up going belly up is because they end up having three retired employees that are pension recipients for every one that's paying in, and the numbers just don't work. The, the pension fund, like I said, ends up going belly up and can no longer pay out those monthly pension benefits to those retired folks. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute here and get back to Social Security and the cost of living. Again, it was announced 5.9%, which will go into effect January 2022. And based on the cost of living, the consumer price index, man, my grocery bill has really skyrocketed this year. And the cost of everything seems to really, really have risen dramatically. I would think even more than 5.9%, but that's the consumer price index that the Social Security Administration came out with. Therefore, that's what Social Security recipients are, are going to get next year. So I'm going to kind of turn the page here and jump into a question that I got from a longtime listener that sent this email to us, and her name is Joyce. Joyce has a very long question here. I'm going to kind of paraphrase if it's okay. Joyce says she's 62, her husband's 64. They are on the verge of retiring at the end of the year. They're very excited, but they're also worried with everything that's going on in the economy right now. They're thinking that taxes are going to go up. So the meat of her question here is, she's got a 401k, her husband has a 403b. If anybody doesn't know what a 403b is, it's for the nonprofits, hospitals, schools, those kinds of things, a little different than the 401k, which is for private companies, for-profit companies. Joyce wants to see what my recommendation is for that couple that's 62, 64, that's going into retirement, and they don't want to lose what they have accumulated. They want to protect it. And I hear that quite a bit from many people, especially when the market is kind of very volatile. People tend to be more conservative because they're, they're just very cautious. And Joyce goes on, they just want to maintain their lifestyle in retirement without the bells and whistles. They're very modest people, but she also knows that CDs are not paying anything with interest rates so low, which is so true right now. 
So what would I recommend, generally speaking, to someone like her and her husband? Well, a couple things here, Joyce, is when we're helping people put together a retirement plan, we're a little more in-depth. We ask a lot of questions to uncover, okay, what are the goals that they have in retirement? In other words, people don't come to me and say, hey, I want to beat the S&P 500. That's my retirement goal. People say, hey, our retirement goals are we want to retire at 64. We want to have a condo at Lake of the Ozarks that's paid for. We want to have our primary residence paid for. Maybe they want to have a condo in Florida paid for. We want to help with our grandchildren's education. That's a fantastic goal. Other people say that they want to have a a modest lifestyle and they just, they don't want their children to ever have to financially intervene with them. They want to keep their independence and their dignity in retirement so they don't ever have to worry about running out of money. Other people have goals of traveling and maybe starting a small business. And we have to put a retirement plan together that's going to account for those expenses. Maybe they want to spend more time on their hobbies. To answer your question, Joyce, we're a little different in that we plan for people's life and retirement goals, and that's what we build the plan around. To answer your question more generally speaking, of course you want to have make sure your portfolio matches not only your goals, but also your risk tolerance. So if you imagine like a speedometer on your car from zero to a hundred, zero is you're parked, you're very, very conservative it's not going to get you very far. Think of that as being safe. If you're parked, you're in CDs or the money market or you're checking your savings account at the bank or credit union, it's not going to earn you very much interest because you're taking very, very little risk. And if your cost of living is going up 3% per year, or in, in this year, it's gone up between 5 and 10%, and your money is in a CD at the bank or in a money market at the bank earning 0.0 nothing, well, guess what? You're actually behind, right? Because your costs went up, let's say 5% or 6%. And meanwhile, your money that's in the bank that's safe has not grown by the cost of living. So the purchasing power of your money has actually lost 5 or 6%. I hope that makes sense. So I guess everything, all my life experiences tell me it's okay to be conservative or or moderately conservative, but if you do agree that the cost of living is going to keep going up two, three, four percent per year for the next 30 years, I think it would be prudent to make sure at least we're keeping up with the cost of living without being too aggressive with your portfolio. So again, going back to my speedometer example, if zero is parked and it's it's very, very conservative in CDs or money market or savings account at the bank, and 100 is driving out of control, it's dangerous to drive that fast, it's very, very risky. Maybe you won't don't want to be that aggressive, and, and we certainly understand, but maybe there's a happy medium in there. Maybe going 30 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour may make the world of a difference to your retirement that you plan with your husband. So Joyce, I guess the first thing I would sit down with your husband, come up with a retirement budget. If you need a budgeting tool to kind of get your monthly expenses, there's a tool on our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. It's under the resources tab. 
fill that out and kind of determine, okay, what are our retirement goals collectively? What do you want to do? How do you want to spend your money? How do you want to spend your time? Who do you want to spend that time with? And what do you want to spend that time doing? Do you want to travel? Do you have any aspirations that you should talk about together? Then it's kind of a matter of putting together a retirement plan to make sure the resources can cover those retirement goals. And an independent advisor, fiduciary advisor, can also put together a plan to say, okay, what rate of return do you need out of your portfolio to make your retirement plan a success, hypothetically speaking? So in other words, if you knew your plan was successful with a 3.5% return a year or 4.5% return a year, that kind of makes you feel good because that's an achievable goal. And you and your husband and your financial planner can come up with a plan to make that happen. So Joyce, I hope that helped. Again, I'll circle back and say, figure out what you want, what you want retirement to look like, what's going to make you happy, and really create that vision. And we even come up with a vision statement for clients. A successful retirement to me looks like blank. And you fill in that blank. And then we come up with all the planning to make that happen. So I hope that helps, Joyce. Thank you so much for your question. And I hope this has been a helpful episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. If you have questions, check out our website. And thanks for listening today. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC.